0: Today is Friday, February 16th, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Police reveal a motive in the deadly Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us your thoughts as well. Quick Start Podcast at CBN Dot org. Joining me today to get through the news of The Cray on this Friday is Trey phillips Trey, we're going to be looking and talking about these comments that Aaron Rodgers, the NFL star, made uh, when he was talking about atheists.
1: Yeah, it's it's. we'll get into some of the history of, of his background with faith, yeah. but... Uh, it's interesting, given his own background of with Christianity, for him to be making these comments. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting discussion yeah. to, to get your thoughts on it, too.
0: Yeah, I think astute observations. So I'm interested to dive yeah. into this and see what you think, too. Um, but uh, so we'll be getting to that on the Focus story. The main thing, Billy's not here with us right now, but he did catch up to the pastor who created the viral alternative to the He Gets Us ad campaign. That thing's going viral and Billy got a chance to catch up to him, talk to him about the motivation behind that. So we'll have that conversation on the main thing. Now, don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribed to our new CBN News podcasts, DCD Brief with John Stolnes, and Newsmakers with our own Billy Hallowell. Don't forget to check those out, appreciate it. We'd love to have you there with us. Housekeeping's all set and out of the way, we're gonna head over to the news here in 90 seconds. Police have revealed a motive in the deadly shooting earlier this week at the chief's parade that killed one and injured nearly two dozen. They say it was the result of a personal dispute that ended up in extreme violence. Cops have detained three people who they say may be at fault. Two of the three suspects are juveniles. The department has not much more time to either charge them or release them. Samuel Moreno Carranza, the seven-year-old son of the late Lakewood church shooter, is barely clinging to life at Texas Children's Hospital after being shot in the head during a gunfight between his mom and off-duty officers at Joel Osteen's church. This is according to his grandmother. And she gave an update on her social media page, and she said doctors are not yet sure whether the boy has any, quote, significant brain activity, end quote. And in what was, has seemingly become a normal occurrence in the UK, a member of London's police force threatened to arrest Christian street preachers who were accused by a bystander of making homophobic comments. The bizarre incident was captured on a nine-minute video in which the unnamed Christians were explaining their innocence. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Calm. Man, first of all, praying for that young seven-year-old boy who, through no fault of his own, was caught up in the middle of all this evil that his mom did at uh, Joel Osteen's church, trying to shoot and do whatever she was trying to do there. And so he's clinging to his life. Doesn't sound great, but um, certainly prayers there. And then in London, we've covered some stories like this. Trey, where you know, woman prayed arrested for silently praying is one incident outside of an (laughs) abortion clinic. And I've seen just it's it's it sounds like a comedy or something from Monty Python, but it's unfortunately it's not. And then you see these videos and it's like, man, they really are the language police over there. Like, well, what are you saying? What what kinds of things are you saying? Imagine just being arrested for saying just about anything. It seems ridiculous. But yet here we are.
1: Yeah. Well, I think people will probably sometimes, I mean, I know that I've been guilty of this in years past, of looking at something happening in the UK and then saying, well, that's the UK. Like, that's that's not us. That's not America. But we've seen that. Culturally, the U.K. seems to be kind of a harbinger for where we're headed as a culture uh, here in the United States. So, you know, they're only maybe about five, six years ahead of us in a lot of these cultural movements. And uh, a lot of this, I think, um, especially the crackdown on religious speech, religious liberty, uh, especially in the wake of COVID. We saw that a lot of restrictions and punishments for Christians happening in Canada. They're not far from us. Obviously, we share a border. Uh, and then some restrictions happening, like similar to, to what was happening in Canada, happening in places like California and New York. And I know that they're probably the two most progressive states in our country. Uh, but still, the fact that those kinds of restrictions, uh, it, you know, putting a, a pastor in prison or closing down a church or, or shutting down worship services uh, was happening. And then also stuff more recently like this uh, somebody praying in the UK. Cool. Silently, who yeah. even knew that she was praying? Like that, I have so many questions about that <laughs> right. story. But uh, that that happened, and then you know this is happening. I, I think a lot of it, Dan, goes back to the, uh, the our culture, our secular culture tying which i think this should be offensive to any minority person but tying lgbt sexual identities to a civil rights movement like yes. it, it, this is not the same thing as uh, getting people equal treatment because they're women like when we gave, gave women the right to vote in the 20s or the the civil rights movement of the of the late 60s uh, for black people like it's fundamentally offensive i think to put a, a sexual identity in the same camp of civil rights as, right. uh, as women and and people who are, are minority of a minority skin color, but that's what we've done. So then this, this makes sense, right? This only logically follows like you are absolutely discriminating against a people group for something that they cannot help is inborn and innate to them. When in reality, as Christians, we know that that's, that's not true, but that's what the world has told us. So this is just the, the next natural logical step unfortunately
0: yeah it really is and look and furthermore the the civil rights stuff you talk to that language has worked as far as the narrative game goes but we still should be able to um, allow as a free country pretty much almost anything you know aside from yelling fire in a crowded theater causing a panic you know those sorts of things but if you're just spouting yeah. an opinion somewhere it doesn't matter how awful your opinion is it should right. be you should be able to just let it go and say, all right, well, they're free yeah. to say their opinion. You know, now they say that words are violence. And <laughs> yeah. so if you just disagree with you're causing harm to me and you're you're causing danger to me, if you buy into that crackpot science, then I guess it makes sense. But it's still an assault on free speech.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say, is I think that we've created a proverbial fire keg by mixing civil rights and then words are violence into into one one pot here when it comes to rights for LGBT people. And as Christians, of course, we always are gonna say that we should approach people with compassion. But these are not even people who are not who are being discompassionate. It's just people who are saying, This is what the Bible says about human sexuality. This is how we were wired, how we were designed to practice and engage in sexuality, which is In the confines of marriage between one man and one woman for life. Yeah. Uh, So, but making that statement now is incredibly controversial and enough to (laughs) enough to get you in legal trouble in some areas. And that should be, I don't care what your perspective is. If you've got a different perspective, that's fine. I I remember, well, I don't remember, but I heard when I was a student at Liberty over and over and over again, uh, Jerry senior, he was not the first person to say this, Jerry Falwell senior, but uh, he said repeatedly all the time uh, in conversations with people he disagreed with, I 100% disagree with you. I think what you're saying is abhorrent or wrong but I'll defend to my death the right for you to say it. Yeah. Like I, I'm never going to step on your right to say something uh, and we can find camaraderie there. And that used to be something that I think united all of us as Americans, but in this uh, like safe spaces, hypersensitive culture we've created, that's unfortunately a tie that doesn't really bind us together anymore.
0: Yeah. i pine for the days when we used to actually live and let live and have our own opinions and, people wouldn't you know crumple up into the fetal position when somebody disagreed with them but nevertheless we got to move on here and we have we have another controversial figure we're going to talk about here Aaron Rodgers and he made some comments on the Joe Rogan podcast as you alluded to earlier Trey talking about atheism and let's just start let's back up a little bit here before we get to the comments what is Aaron Rodgers kind of relationship with God at this point because he I think he grew up a Christian right
1: yeah. So his story really, as far as his own personal faith journey goes, is is sad. But he, he did grow up in a Christian home. He grew up believing and professing to be a Christian. Even early in his career, he was a professing Christian. But then in 2020, he did an interview with his then girlfriend, former NASCAR driver, Danica Patrick, uh, on her own podcast uh, and said that he was abandoning essentially walking away from the faith that he was raised to believe uh he said essentially there were actually a lot of comments that he made in that interview way back in 2020 that really painted with a broad brush the character of the lord in a really uh unfair and just frankly unbiblical light uh but he's Essentially, it boiled down to, he said, ultimately, it was the rules and the regulations and the binary systems of Christianity that don't resonate with me anymore, is what he said. He said, I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of the planet to a fiery hell. He went on to to kind of dive more into that allegation, which, as I said, is completely unbiblical and really is a sinful a sinful and broken view of God yeah. that, that we're all prone to have uh, before the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, who can, of course— remove those scales from our eyes and give us a fresh perspective of of the Lord. And if you go to faithwire.com, you can read our story on it. We gave some verses kind of just briefly rebutting some of those allegations and claims that uh, Rogers makes about God. But one just briefly that I'll I'll mention is uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, which is referenced often when we talk about salvation and the Lord's mercy and grace toward us. It says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So, of course, anybody who's read the Old or New Testament knows that the Lord's heart is is completely bent toward justice and grace and mercy and has an incredible amount, and infathomable, an infathomable amount of love for us who are created in his image. So, what Rogers is saying and what led him away from Christ is I just want to get get out right off the bat is fundamentally untrue, and it's unfortunate to see somebody who was raised to believe in the Lord has turned away from God. Yeah, uh, but nevertheless, some of the comments that he made recently, I think, are really astute and a good observation.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's good to have that background, and that context, lest lest we be accused first and foremost of kind of you know propping up Aaron Rodgers as some sound voice from the Christian community when his journey is more complicated than that. And certainly one that we're praying for turns back around yeah. and goes back in the right direction, but is not going in the right direction. So you have that context there. So now he turns around on the Joe Rogan podcast and has some things to say about atheists. what do he say?
1: Yeah. So he essentially pointed out what what I think as a believer, or what what I'm sure you would say too, we've talked about this several times, Dan, is that we're wired to worship we're going to worship something ultimately hopefully for those of us who have been redeemed and sanctified by trusting in jesus as our savior we're going to worship the lord Uh, but left to our own devices left in our sin Often we're going to worship ourselves. We're going to worship something that's temporal, something in this world. And essentially, that's what he was saying. Atheists, that's a trap atheists often fall into. He said that it's essentially untrue to suggest that there are Christians or, 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 or People who believe in a higher power is, is the wording that he used. And then there are people who are atheists, as if one believes in something and the other doesn't believe in anything. He said, really, both are essentially, when you break it down, are religions, because you're having to choose to worship, you're having to choose to believe in something. He said, atheists often can find their own religion. It might be the religion of science, it might be the religion of climate change, or it might be, uh, or whatever it might be, but to not believe in a higher power really means that that nothing we do matters and ultimately I live and I die and that's it. He said, so if you choose to not believe in a God, you're choosing to believe in something as usually the self or, or something fleeting that's going to go away and you end up living a really hedonistic lifestyle. Uh, He said, so whatever purpose you might have, if you're an atheist, he said, it's short lived. It's just for this. There's nothing else going on. And then he said, I have a hard time with that because I believe there's a seen world and an unseen world. There are forces of good and forces of evil, and there's a purpose for all of this. And there's a lot of reasons why we're doing this. There's a lot of opportunities to do this, and I'd like to get it right this time around. So he seems to be maybe reopening himself to to kind of exploring faith and exploring the idea of God because he is saying that the atheist lifestyle is not something that he wants. He sees problems with it. But again, I want to stress he, he's not a Christian. He hasn't kind of come back to faith. He still seems to stand by his his decision to walk away from Christianity in 2020. But yeah. it's certainly interesting to see him given his history kind of re-entertaining this and making these observations about atheism. I think there's
0: a lot of people who live in this space where they like Aaron Rodgers is saying there, he kind of understands the unseen world that that we have a soul, that there are yeah. there are purposes for our lives, but then they don't they don't want to take that extra step and they don't want to attach it to God. I think there was some other comment he made about um, how he didn't like the system of rules and regulations or something to, of that effect. And, yeah. you know, of course, that's totally missing kind of the boat as well, but you know, not to get into that, but basically it's just, it's interesting that you can live in that space where you set, you know that there's a higher power, which I think Romans one would, would teach us that, that we're without excuse because God's existence is self-evident by the creation all around us. And, um, for them to be able to recognize kind of the greater power part of it, but but then not connect it. I mean, I think it's interesting because I do think it's one of the strongest arguments against atheism is just the lo- logical impossibility of not having God, right? Like, so I guess it would be more, would be better described as a, as an argument for God is the logical yeah. impossibility of the contrary, right? So how did all this come about if there wasn't a God? And so, he seems to be at that point but he's just not you know tying it to the he's one not true god the dots, right yeah, yeah he's not connecting the dots but it is i mean it's, it's i would agree with the point did uh, i know we're kind of running short on time here but did Joe Rogan add anything to that cuz he's kind of had I, some weird comments about the bible in the past where he tried he said his contradictions right. and all that stuff so
1: Yeah i think Rogan's comments were kind of fascinating to me. He was raised Catholic, and as you said, he's been he's been critical of Christianity, critical of the Bible. But then it, by the same token, he said during his conversation with Rogan, he said, we need Jesus because he said we you know, there's a lot of problems that are plaguing our society right now. He said, I think as time ro- rolls on, people are going to understand the need to have some sort of divine structure to things, some sort of belief in the sanctity of love and of truth. And a lot of that comes from religion. Now, of course, sadly, He's, he's being really vague there. He's not talking about the one true God. He's talking about religion and a divine structure uh, more generally. So what that actually means, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, and it's still good though, that he's, he's open to having these conversations. I, I think that that's, that's a good thing. And hopefully there are some Bible believing Christians who are maybe around Rogers or around Rogan who can, um, take advantage of those curiosities right, and have have conversations and, and maybe help them connect some of the dots. If, if nothing else, I think as believers, this story gives us uh, some prayer points to know how to pray for Joe Rogan and how to pray for yeah. Aaron
0: Rodgers. And look, it's just good to think through these things and talk through them. Because um, I know a lot of times I'll read a lot of things, and then when I go try to articulate it, as you probably are hearing a lot on this podcast— you know, it's not always easy to do. You think, oh, I've got that in my yeah. head. And then you go try to articulate it and then you fumble around and you forget parts of it and you don't connect all the dots. So it's good for us to well, go I through think, these topics and talk about them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, something too. I know we're running, running low on time, but something I want to add, and we've talked to uh, Sean McDowell about this issue before, about how do you What if somebody comes alongside you and says, is either a new Christian, is a questioning Christian, or is not a believer at all, and says, why have this question, this question, and this question? Uh, McDowell has said, well, your answer is not to provide them this perfectly eloquent answer. Your your job is to say, you know… I don't know the answer to that question, or maybe I do know the answer to that question, but how how about we go to the Bible and you and I can explore this together? Because at the end of the day, it's not me or you that's an authority. It's the word of God that's the authority.
0: Absolutely. That's a good point and a good spot to leave it here as we head on over to the main thing, but I appreciate you bringing that one. Always, that's a good conversation. And I like diving into spiritual topics like this, where we can kind of strengthen our our faith and our ability to provide a defense for the faith. So appreciate that. Now we move over to the main thing and a pastor in Northern Ireland's going viral for his video reaction to the He Gets Us Super Bowl commercial. Basically, he made a version of the commercial, which he thought was a little bit more appropriate because he called it a quote unquote missed opportunity by the group who made the actual He Gets Us. Commercial. His name's Pastor Jamie Bambrick, and he's the associate pastor of Hope Church. Uh, and he's also a YouTube video creator. And he, Billy Halliwell, called up with him for today's main thing.
2: Jamie, appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Now, you're a pastor out in the UK, and you have a video right now that is going. Very viral. It's got almost 2 million views at the time of our discussion here on X and I'm sure on other social media platforms. Now, this is a response to the He Gets Us video commercial that aired during the Super Bowl. Why did you make this?
3: Yeah, I suppose whenever I saw the original commercial, so I'm a big NFL fan, actually it's my main sport that I actually follow. Um, And so obviously I'm I'm looped in on the Super Bowl and all of what's happening there, even though I'm based in Northern Ireland. But um, I I would say that I felt like the original advert was a missed opportunity of sorts. I felt like it um, may have been well-intentioned and I don't think it was, Totally, you know, I, there's, so, there's a degree of truth there that Jesus loves and serves everybody, right? But is that a the best form of message that we could present to a couple of hundred million people in 60 seconds? No, I don't think so. I think it missed on some of the key um, points that we would want to get across if we were trying to do that. And I feel like the original advert, essentially what it came across as doing, was putting a sort of jesus shaped stamp of approval on the ideas, the values, and the actions of our generation and that are common today, which in many cases are not things of which Jesus is approving there are, there are things that Jesus is strongly against, so it seemed to have a sort of there was there was an element about abortion, there was an element about homosexuality these are things that the Bible would consider to be sin. But the gospel message does not just leave sinners in despair either. That's the thing. The gospel message is a great message. And it's the message of salvation from our sin, not just Jesus' support for our sin. So I had been actually just praying about I run a, a small YouTube channel. You know, it's, it's not massive by any means. Doing okay, but it's not a particularly big platform. i not a massive following on X slash Twitter either but I've been praying about the getting some ideas and I wanted to do something in response to this. And then a friend of mine, a guy called Josh Dawes, uh, who I know from Twitter and I've spoken with then uh, off the back of that, he said, well, why doesn't someone make a great better version of this? And I just felt like I got an idea, a little moment of inspiration that I went, do you know what? I could do that. So put it together in about just over 60 minutes. I had a little bit of break in my day yesterday, put it up on Twitter, thought it might do okay um, and bless some people and then it just went crazy. It obviously resonated with, as you've said, uh, getting into the millions, which is which is incredible.
2: So so in seeing that, there there are some really powerful images and stories. In fact, some of those people we've had on at CBN News and told their stories, Brittany De La Mora, among others there in the mix. And yeah, you know, that transformation story is truly powerful. It's a very different message and setup than what we saw in the He Gets Us um, commercial. To be honest, I mean, you can't really even compare the two. They're very different. They both serve different purposes. How has the reaction been outside of the views? What are you hearing from people about this video?
3: Yeah, I mean, people have been extraordinarily positive about the video, which which has been almost surprising, particularly when it gets that level of reach. You normally find that it then reaches people that would be critical and opposed to it in some fashion. Um, Instead, what I've seen has been pretty much universal uh, positivity about it. A lot of people sharing their stories in the comments. A lot of people saying how they were a former this, that, or the other, which uh, is obviously one of the big themes uh, of the video. Uh, sharing testimonies. There was a comment on YouTube where it was the mother of one of the people who appeared in it, saying, "I'm so glad my son made an appearance. He's walking with Jesus," um, and and that's just so so wonderful to hear. So. I, for me, that's incredibly encouraging because obviously it's not the most, let's say, um, you could argue it's not culturally sensitive. You could say that this this challenges some issues in our culture, um, particularly if you take the, the the issues of sexuality and so on, which which I don't shy away from in the video, although it's not the sole focus of the video. Yeah. Um, but it's been it's been incredible to see people um, just resonate with that and and see that this is a message not of that the gospel condemns us for our sins, but the, that the gospel saves us from our sins. So to me, that's been wonderful.
2: Yeah and you know each one of those stories I mean it's almost it's very uplifting as you're watching it this person is a former this they're a former that they've been transformed by the gospel I mean that is the message of the gospel getting back to to he gets us and then your you know commercial one of the arguments for he gets us you know, initially was that, look, this is, there are a lot of people who are at different places. They might have disdain for God. They might not know the Lord at all. They might have been hurt by the church in some way. And that this is almost a breadcrumb. You're sort of dropping a little bit of Jesus there in hopes that somebody else waters that seed later on. You know, what do, how do you react to that for those who would say, well, you know, it doesn't tell the whole story, but it tells part of the story to sort of bring people in. What's your, what's your take on that?
3: Yeah, I want to be. I want to be cautious because I do believe that God could use it in that way. So, so there's no doubt that God, uh, as I've heard, I don't know who it was that said it. Someone famous said, "God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick." So, <laughs> there is, of course, potential that someone could watch that video and get an interest in Jesus and come to saving faith. And I would praise God for that. The problem is that I actually think. At least in its implication it doesn't make many strong claims but it seems to imply not a portion of the gospel but in fact a false gospel that's that's where i think it leans toward at least in what it's implying which is that what the church must do and therefore what jesus would have us do is say to the world your sins are not a problem your sins are not something that needs repented of all we're called to do and all we're called to say as the church and all God wants for us is to say that we love and affirm and accept, which we do love, um, but we do not affirm every action and we don't accept everything as being, you know, moral or right. And, and I think, so, so, so I think there's a danger with that message as it will have broadly been perceived, whether it was the intention or not. I'm going to lean towards, I will always lean towards grace with intention, that I understand that that may well have been what they were trying to do but I believe that the the broad perception of it is going to be that actually Christians who are calling the world to turn from their sin are coming under that category of preaching hate which was the big thing it was all you know Jesus doesn't preach hate is the closing sort of big line of of their original video and in fact The message to turn from your sin is not a message of hate, it is a message of love. It is what Jesus calls us to do. The most loving person who has ever lived, the God who loves us enough to have died on the cross for our sins whilst we were yet sinners, calls us also to turn from our sin. And that's not hate, that's love. And so I hopefully this has come across that actually this is what biblical love looks like for people who are sinners, which is that we see you as someone who can be rescued out from your sin, and that's what we want to see in your life. Well,
2: I appreciate you taking the time and joining us today. Looking forward to the next video you do. Hopefully it gets uh, just as many views, if not more. Appreciate your time.
0: All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation. Great point there at the end. I think that's the big disconnect oftentimes is that people don't see are trying to give truth to them. They don't see it as love. They see it as hate. But as he said, it's actually definitely, and it should be, coming from a place of love. All right. We're going to have time on this uh, Friday edition of the Quick Start Podcast for one last thing.
1: Also, I just want to say I could listen to him talk all day long. Anyway, (laughs) so the the verse of of the day today we're going to look at is Romans 8, 6. It says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace.
0: All right. You know what to do, Christian. Go forward, setting your mind on the spirit. And there you'll find life. All right. Great spot to leave it this week. As always, get on over to CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective lord willing and that creek don't rise on us we'll be back here on monday we hope you have an absolutely fantastic and blessed weekend god bless see you monday